From WGCU News, I'm Amy Tardiff. Friends and Sand Sisters, 65-year-old Deb Gleason of Sanibel and 67-year-old Diane Schwartz of Englewood, share memories of growing up on Sanibel and Captiva in the 1950s. They both collected and sold seashells to stores and exporters. They both lived through Hurricane Donna in 1960, and they both moved there in the second grade and attended a one-room schoolhouse. I'm remembering you from Sanibel Elementary. I give our teacher a lot of credit for managing somewhere between 25 and 35 children. It was. In a classroom at all different ages. It was very old, and it was a one-room schoolhouse, and she kept control over all of these children with an iron fist. Hurricane Donna. Our experiences, because you were in Sanibel and I was on Captiva, had to be worlds apart. They were. And I have some vivid images about it being a scary but so exciting when you're 10 years old we were uh, airlifted by a helicopter they had planned to stay on Captiva for the uh, through the hurricane and at the last minute we were all making mom had been cooking for days and building up food and we were all moving to one house on the island the highest and at the last minute they came in and the men said no women and children are gone. You're going over to the mainland. And I remember staying in Fort Myers and having the windows blow out of the the school where they had us staying. And well, I want to know, because you were helicopter evacuated, and in that day, that was such a big deal. Where did it land, and what time of day or night was it? It was Coast Guard that took us to... It was night, is what I recall. We left Casabelle, and we would have gone to Page Field in Fort Myers. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then we had to be transported from there, and I don't remember that at all. I would have been asleep, I'm sure, by then. I remember waking up and hearing you go overhead, and my father coming in and saying, well, let's get everything together. We've decided not to evacuate. We're going to the Bailey Homestead. And so I actually heard your helicopters going overhead. We all got in the car. And one of the reasons why we did not evacuate was our Siamese cat. You could not take your cat on a helicopter. (laughs) So we put our cat in a basket, went up the street that was only a mile away, but it was towards the center of the island, to a house that I believe was built in 1889, And we were there with um, about, I believe, 10 other families. And so it was this community feeling of we're going to soldier through this storm with all the moms were cooking. And and the dads actually took the cars up to the highest point on Sanibel, which was Wolfert, the sanctuary area. And then they would shuttle back. So they knew that that tidal surge was going to be an issue. There was no way for us to go anywhere in the end because there were only like two vehicles left. You still live on Sanibel, so you still have the opportunity to go and shell. Do you, in fact, I do. I do. Um, I'm not nearly as diligent, but I still have that sixth sense, and you know what I'm talking about. You actually have the scan, and you see probably six feet from side to side, and you can scan for color, shape, shape, 
size, and I still have that. But I have to tell you, the beaches are just minute compared to what they used to be. What was your drinking water source? And number two, when or did you ever have air conditioning? We had well water there, and I remember there was a pump house uh, off the house where Dad installed a water softener, and that was the only way that the water could be drinkable without holding your nose. And did we have air conditioning? Our house had been built by Ding Darling as a commercial building. The main room that had been a laundromat was kind of where we all camped in the beginning. And it was a big room. It was it became our living room and it had an air conditioner in it. Dad wow. built one into the wall. We had the same rotten egg water. We did. And for a while we bought water from Bailey's General Store, but that got old. We actually fashioned a cistern from the roof line and so we were we were blessed when it rained enough to have rainwater as our drinking water. And then if we had the money, we would buy store-bought water. And there were times when we didn't have the money and we didn't have the rain, and we had to drink the stinky water. You know, we loved the ferry boat. I mean, that was the joy of actually going to town. A good part of it was, was you got to ride the ferry twice. Once the causeway went in, that changed everybody's way of living, really. As we were raised, it was truly isolation, and you connected to your neighbors and your community, and it, I think it made you good people. There was always beach parties. We were resourceful. We were. It was a very special experience. We really are sand sisters. This interview with Deb Gleason and Diane Schwartz was recorded at StoryCorps in Fort Myers, a national initiative to record and collect stories of everyday people. This excerpt was selected and produced by me, Amy Tardiff.